I never tire of seeing that video. It's so good and so encouraging. Hopefully it is for you as you grow in godliness as well in the series that we are in called CrossFit. You may have noticed there are a few of us wearing these blue ACAC t-shirts and I know you have already heard but just to remind everyone who is here today and those that are watching online we're doing that. So many are serving. We have a big event this weekend our ground blessing. Invite all of you to be a part of that on Sunday from one to two o'clock. We're gonna have a meal together. We're gonna provide all the food. Just bring a chair, blanket. We'll gather in the park and then from two to three. Uh, We have some community leaders that are coming. Pastor Rock will be part of that. And we're just going to pray a blessing, not just, and this is so important, we are not just praying a blessing on what ACAC is doing. Hear my heart in that. I love that we're doing this community. We're praying that God blesses the north side. God has called ACAC to be in the north side to represent God's kingdom. And so we should be a church that brings hope and peace and joy and healing to those in our community. Amen? Amen. So we're going to gather together and to do that. And on top of all that, it makes it really easy because the majority of my clothes are in boxes right now. And so, um, and what I mean by that is my wife and I, the, the timing of this is great because we officially became residents of the North side this weekend and, uh, we moved that's yeah, we're rejoicing. Um, we'll, we'll rejoice even more when we get completely unpacked, but I just want to say thank you for your prayers. Um, it, it has been a journey and one that we have been so excited about. And so we, uh, this weekend, closed on a home and live right here on the north side and are so excited uh, to be here a part of that. So this series, CrossFit, uh, we are going to be talking this weekend about growing in godliness through prayer. Prayer is the spiritual discipline or the practice that we're going to look at this weekend. And let me just remind you the verse that we have continued to put in the forefront of our minds is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, where Paul writes, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales, but instead train yourself to be godly. You're going to get tired of hearing that, but say, train yourself to be godly. Yeah. Because physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, it just dawned on me. I forgot to make one other announcement. Some of you are probably wondering, why isn't this TV monitor up here? And why aren't they putting words up on the screen? We are going old school this weekend. I was packing and getting ready and closing and moving into a new house and there was a lot going on. So I said, you know what? Before they had technology, preachers didn't use all this fancy stuff. So I think the Lord would be okay if we went back a little bit. So um, in my weekly update video, I encouraged everyone to bring your Bible. So if you did get that out, because we're going to read it in just a moment. And I know for a lot of you, that's your phone, which is okay. But we are training ourselves to be godly. And the discipline of prayer This spiritual discipline, prayer and communicating, listening and talking to God, is second only to Bible intake. Prayer is the second most important spiritual discipline. I told you when we talked about Bible intake, studying God's word, reading God's word, memorizing, meditating, all of that, that's number one. We have to have God's word. But prayer, I would say, is the second most important spiritual disciplines. And while many Christians, many followers of Jesus, and hopefully you in here in this room, would acknowledge its importance, 
I think we all also acknowledge that many of us wish we spent more time in prayer. It's oftentimes that the desire is greater than the actual response or action. And for a lot of people, we pray blessing when we sit down to eat. We may pray then. We may pray when we gather at weekends at church. And for others, we will throw up what I would call Hail Mary prayers. It's when the rug gets pulled out or something happens and we immediately go, Lord, help me with this. But how many Christ followers, those three things are the only time they pray. Praying for food, praying at church, or praying really when they need something because everything's gone south. But being spiritually disciplined in prayer has to go far beyond just that. The discipline of prayer goes deeper and it's more significant by spending time alone and in conversation with God. Now hear me, when it comes to prayer, and and if you've ever read a book on prayer or heard a sermon on prayer, oftentimes you leave feeling beat up because we all feel guilty knowing that we should pray more. So hear me, the heart of your pastor is not for you to leave feeling guilty, but rather to understand the importance of prayer that if you desire to grow in godliness, if you desire to look to act and talk and think more like the Jesus of the Bible. We must pray. So here's what I'd like us to do. We don't do this often, but I want everyone to stand. And if you have your Bible, open it to Matthew chapter six. Come on, let's stand. We're gonna read God's word together. And that's okay if it's your phone. I know you were standing in worship for a bit, but you can sit after we do this. So here's what we're gonna do. Turn to your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Now, when we get to verse 9, we're going to get to the Lord's Prayer. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read, as we read God's Word, I'd like to read, as you follow along, verses 5 through 9. And then when we get to verse 9, when Jesus says, pray like this, I would like us to recite the Lord's Prayer together. You with me on that? Okay, and if you're watching at home, you can do it as well. So here we go. Let me read this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. The word of the Lord says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Here we go all together. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Heavenly Father, we have read your word and prayed the prayer that you gave your followers as you taught them to pray. So Lord, all of us, hopefully, desire and have a passion to grow in, our, in this discipline of prayer. So I pray that 
as your Holy Spirit does convict and bring us, that we would, again, not leave feeling beat up. I believe your Spirit desires to encourage us. Would you spark in us such a passion for prayer? Let it be so in your name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for doing that. So as we look to God's word, I believe there there are three things that the Bible teaches us about prayer that I want to hit on today. And the first is, and if you're taking notes, here's the first point. You can write this down. Prayer is expected. Everybody say prayer is expected. Jesus expected his followers to pray. And Jesus expects you and I to pray. I don't know if you caught it, but there are several phrases that were repeated in that verse that we just read. Matthew 6, 5, Jesus says, and when you pray. Verse 6, but when you pray. Verse 7, and when you pray. And then in verse 9, Jesus says, pray then like this. So the expectation that Jesus had is that his disciples would be people of prayer. And in addition to the words of Jesus, the unmistakable expectation of God from the rest of the New Testament is that his people, you and I, should pray. Two verses that I just want to give you that that reinforce that. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. We should devote ourselves to praying with an alert mind and a thankful heart. We are to make prayer a priority and to devote ourselves to it. And when you give time to it, you know that you're devoted to it. God expects Christians to be devoted to prayer. It's pretty simple, but when you're devoted to something, you carve out time, you schedule time, you make it a priority of all other things. Are you with me? Prayer should be a devotion of the Christ follower. And then I love this. Several weeks ago, I talked about Bible memorization. Remember me telling you that one of my favorite verses when I was a kid to memorize was Jesus wept? This is another one. Three words, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. All of us can memorize this. Paul simply says, never stop praying. Say it, never stop praying. There you go, you memorized the verse tonight. Didn't even know it. Pretty plain and simple. Paul says, never stop praying. Now, here's the thing. Paul is not saying that we should do nothing but pray, okay? For the Bible expects many other things of us. However, we simply should have a continual awareness of God and his working in every aspect and moment of our lives. Let me break this down just very practical and personal. There are times that I may be at dinner or there are times that I'm in the lobby there was this time this week when we were moving, we spent the night in a hotel and there was a person we, we ran across that I'm not gonna get into, but I knew they weren't a Christ follower and, and I had my dogs and was trying to get them to use the bathroom and the hotel and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I knew they were struggling. I just, it was an awareness and I just prayed. I said, like, God, would you just be with that person? You see the difference? It's like you have antennas always up and there's an awareness that God is always there. You could be in a meeting. There are times that I walk into a meeting that I just know or, you know, the conversation's gonna be difficult. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening, but at the same time, I'm doing two things at once. I'm going, Holy Spirit, come in this room right now. Would you speak to that person? 
What would happen if we had an argument with our spouse or we're dealing something with the, with the children and we were even in the middle of being emotional, we were aware of God and we were praying at the same time. Are you with me? That's, that's praying without ceasing. So Paul says never stop praying. We are a part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And one of our core values, I love this, is that prayer is the primary work of God's people. Now, some of you are carpenters, you're craftsmen, you're woodworkers, and you make phenomenal things with your hands. Others of you are maybe tailors or seamstresses, and you know, a woodworker makes something in wood, or a seamstress makes a dress. Well, the Christian, our occupation is prayer. That should be our occupation. We need to be people of prayer, devoted to prayer. And God expects us to pray. God expects that of us. So in a couple weeks, I have to travel to Colorado Springs and I'm going to a, a conference for the denomination as a new person into the Alliance. It's this conference called Resonate. And so I'm going to Colorado Springs for that. And when I go, how many of you know when I get there, one of the first things I'm going to do is call my wife, right? Why? Because she expects me to call her. Now that expectation is based in what? Love, okay? And out of love and respect for my wife, I'll pick up the call, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and we'll have, a, we'll have a conversation because I love her and she loves me and there's care and concerns. So when God expects his people to pray, it is an expectation similar to that of a husband and wife. It is based in love. It's an expectation that the father wants to hear from you even though he knows everything. And it should be an expectation of the father's kids that we want to hear from him. So to God's expectation for us to pray is based in love. So one, prayer is expected of us. Two, prayer is learned. Everybody say prayer is learned. Prayer. See, and I believe that one of the reasons so many Christians don't pray, or one of the reasons so many of us get discouraged when it comes to our prayer life is because we either don't realize that prayer is learned or that God expects us to learn in prayer. Prayer is something to be learned. So if you are here today and you're discouraged or again, you're, walk, you're watching online and maybe you have a lack of passion for prayer or maybe you've tried and you last like two minutes and then your mind starts wandering, this should encourage you because if you feel you don't know how to pray well, it's simply because you haven't learned it. And even if you have a good prayer life, how many know you can always learn to go stronger in prayer? Prayer is something learned. In fact, Jesus to his own disciples, or his disciples actually said to Jesus, the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Remember that? So they asked Jesus, who was with them, say, Father, teach us. Jesus, teach us to pray. That would be a great prayer for you if you are discouraged or if you have a lack of passion in your prayer life. Simply pray or say the same thing that the disciples did. Father, would you help teach me to pray? Would you help me learn how to pray? And let me just tell you, the simplest way to learn how to pray is to pray. You just have to do it. You just have to pray. Pray even if you fumble around. Now listen, you can read a book about prayer and there are some phenomenal books on prayer. You can listen to a sermon on prayer 
You can listen to a teaching on prayer. You can go to plenty of conferences on prayer. There is plenty of information online about prayer. But the greatest way to learn how to pray is to get on your knees and pray. So many times we make it so complicated. And I would simply invite you and encourage you to talk to the Heavenly Father as you would your spouse or your own father. Use conversational language. Some other practical steps, talk as you would a closest friend. You've heard I say it often, and I can't encourage you enough, journal your prayers. Sometimes it's just, I, all right, Father, here's, 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 what my thought, here's what I'm dealing with today. Father, I need you in this area of my life. I'm feeling stressed out. I've got this happening, and I just need you. And sometimes it's just writing those prayers out. And what I love about doing that, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, dating and writing prayers will, I'm telling you, will encourage your faith more than anything else. Because when we talk about answering prayer, you write those down. So many times when I'm discouraged and I feel like God is not answering my prayer, I will get out my old journals and I will read through. And I'll go, oh my goodness, Lord, you answered that prayer. You answered that prayer. You answered that prayer. You answered that prayer. Because how many of we have short-term memory? So when you write it down, and then a year later, or months later, or weeks later, you see that God has answered and you're praying it out. God, I have faith because I know you hear and you do answer prayers. So journaling is a great way to do that. Pray the scriptures. We talked about this on Bible intake. If you struggle with words, get out God's word and pray the scriptures. Say, Father, I'm praying these, read the scriptures, pray the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures. And one other one practical step that I would encourage you, gather with other believers and pray. Find a prayer warrior that is here in the church and say, would you mind, can I pray with you? And listen and learn, ask them. In your growth group, ask people about their prayer life. The first Wednesday night of every month, we gather in Union Place building for a time of prayer. Come and join us. Come and join us. But whatever it is you do, pray. Learn how to pray. Well, I want to end on this when it comes to learning how to pray because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. And we gave that Lord's Prayer, what's famously known as the Lord's Prayer. There, Jesus gives us really five things. And I'm going to go through them quick, quickly. This could be a whole sermon series alone. But when we prayed together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. These five things you should do every day in your prayer life. Our Father in art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know what that is? It's worship. It's recognizing when you wake up in the morning, Father, you're the one that's in heaven. You're my creator. And I acknowledge and I worship you that you are sovereign and you are in control. That's prayer, but it's a verbal acknowledgement of who you're praying to. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second thing we should pray, not only worship and, and acknowledge, but it's trust and it's aligning your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, this is what I want, but I want what you want. It's aligning our will with God's will. Give us this day our daily bread. Those are the prayers that we often spend most time on. <laughs> and those are our needs, but we should bring our needs before the Lord. But we, we pray for the daily bread in our lives, our daily needs to continue. That was the third, the fourth one. Forgive us our debts as we also Forgive those who sin against us. So what is that? We repent in prayer. The fourth thing is we should come before the Father. Lord, I, I confess. Confess my selfishness. This week I, I blew up. Last night I blew up on my son. <laughs> blew up on my wife. 
Maybe you lied on this or you did this, but we repent. But then we also forgive. Father, this person at work just really, Lord, I just forgive them. Would you help me to forgive this person? Are you getting that? So all of that should be a part of our plan. And last but not least, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here we're praying for strength for the day, for whatever may come. I often do this, especially on Mondays during the week. I said, Father, you know the people I'm going to come across this week. You know already what my week will be like, the things that will bring stress into my life and the things that will be joy. May you help me handle those moments of stress as you would see fit. May I honor you and do that. May my eyes be open to the people that you bring across across my path. Are you getting me? You seeing that? But those are the type of the prayers, but they're learned. And the only way we can learn to pray is to pray. So prayer is expected. Prayer is learned. And here's the third one. Prayer is answered. Everybody say prayer is answered. I love how David addresses the Lord in Psalm 65 to his first words are, Oh, you who hear prayer. God hears our prayer. And he not only hears, he answers them. Perhaps no principle of prayer is more taken for granted than this, that prayer is answered. There's a passage in scripture. It's a chapter later, Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read a different translation here. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11 Many of you will be familiar with these words of Jesus. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, that's you and I, If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good things to those of us who ask him? Now let me acknowledge right up at the front, there has been a lot of abuse in the history of the church on that verse. I can tell you that that is not a verse that contextually supports name it and claim it theology. God answers prayer, but he doesn't answer every prayer the way we want. This isn't a prayer of blessing in the sense of, Lord, I need a million dollars. Our will always has to align with the Father. We don't always give everything to our kids, right? I have two teenagers, and I was actually having this conversation earlier this week with somebody. We were talking about why God answers prayer. Sometimes he doesn't. How many of you know you don't give everything to your kids, or you shouldn't be giving everything to your kids? Why don't you? They would be spoiled. And sometimes, it's not even about them being spoiled, sometimes you have a perspective as a parent that they don't as a child. And our Heavenly Father, being sovereign and seeing things, has a perspective that we don't always see. If I could be pretty personal with you for a moment when it comes to unanswered prayers or praying for things. Here was 2018. I was at a church, and I was perfectly happy. In fact, I was at a church I thought I was going to retire from. And all of a sudden, the rug was pulled out from underneath of me. 
and everything changed. And without going into all the details, I just will tell you that it was about a year, year and a half of real hell and not knowing what God was doing. And my prayers through that the whole time were, Lord, change this circumstance or change this person. And I got, I have them written. I don't have it in front of me, but in my, in my journals that are packed away somewhere, I, have, I actually have the exact date. And I'm, I'm praying like, Lord, this is, here's my vision for what I have this situation looking like. Would you deliver that? How many know what I'm talking about? And I just was praying, 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 praying that. And then one day in my quiet time of prayer, the Lord said, do you want what you want? Or do you want what I have for you? Do you want your best for your life? Or do you want my best for your life? And I'll be perfectly honest with you. It took me about three months to get there. <laughs> I came back the next day. Yeah, Lord, this is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm praying for. And it was about three months. But that's the thing that prayer does. The prayer oftentimes doesn't change the father's heart. It changes the son's heart or the daughter's heart. And I finally came to a place three months later when I laid it down. I said, Lord, I'm going back to your prayer. Your will be done, not mine. And I really, I lay down my dreams. I lay down what I want. And I want your best. True story. One week later from that date, I got a call about this church, ACAC. And I'm telling you, if God had answered my prayers during the course of that time, I would never have known this beautiful church. And for me, I look back and there is nowhere else I want to be. Because this God just... This is better than any of that. Now, some of you may be praying, you wish God answered the prayer, but that's another, that's another story. But I'm telling you, it's prayer. It's when you go to the Lord in prayer is that often your heart is changed and God aligns your will with his will, but it only happens when you pray. So we need to pray and prayers are answered. Now, before I close, there's also, there are the mystery of unanswered prayers. Why do bad things happen? Why do sometimes things that we would go, well, God, why wouldn't you want to heal that? Why wouldn't you want to provide for that? Why wouldn't you want to do that? When we face unanswered prayers, we join with a company of believers for years and years and years that have had the same thing. And the truth is, it's not an easy answer or one that we like to hear, but the truth is we won't know until one day we are in heaven. But I do know that it was that same David in the Bible who prayed for his son's healing that never came. David begged God to spare his child, but the child died in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Paul, you may remember, prays that God would remove that thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. But he prayed three times. Paul says he begged the Lord, God, to remove it. And it was in, when he realized God wasn't going to remove it, it was in those words that the Holy Spirit gave Paul that said, but in my weakness, you are made strong. And you may remember a man named Jesus who prayed to his father. Father, if you're will, would you remove this cup from me? Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He prayed, but he said, not your will, but mine. 
and he was obedient and he went to the cross. Luke 22, he walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, Jesus said, not mine. We need to be disciplined in prayer. We need to be disciplined to pray the will of the Father in our lives, not our own will. So Father, we come to you in prayer. We have taken the last three weeks talking about growing in godliness. And I've rejoiced at the testimony for those that have, Lord, increased their Bible intake and their reading and their studying, being a part of community and taking seriously abiding in you and expecting the Holy Spirit to be the one who transforms, not us. But you do use these disciplines to bring about godliness. So now on this week, as we have focused on prayer this weekend, I pray that your, again, your Holy Spirit would ignite in all of us a passion for prayer. That this church, ACAC, would be known as a praying church. And that our prayers would be that of your will being done, not ours. Let it be so in your name. Amen.